Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In Squash podcast. This is episode 56, hot on the heels of our most recent one, which dropped a few days ago. Uh, in fact, what happened was um, that I had two interviews in one day, both uh, women in the top 10 in the world. Very lucky to have uh, ladies squash represented on the In Squash podcast, two of my favorite players on tour, actually. Uh, and today on episode 56, uh, Raneem El-Walili, currently number two in the world, winner of her first, uh, two of her first three events on the 2018-19 calendar, and we had a really great chat, uh, covered lots of different topics, including, uh, you know, the great start that she's gotten off to, uh, the relationship we, she has with her current coach and how, uh, that got start. She started uh, hesitantly in the beginning, and then uh, really attributes her rise and uh, and uh, her current form to the the great work that he's been doing with her over the years, uh, and also her husband uh, Tarek Momin, the great start that he's gotten off to, um, and as well uh, over the summer. Unfortunately, there were a couple of uh, squ- Egyptian squash uh, pioneers, uh, especially on the women's side, who had uh, passed away, and uh, Renine paid her respects to them uh, on the podcast uh, as well. And uh, also s- uh, some interesting chat about uh, Cairo traffic. So uh, I know you're going to enjoy this podcast, episode 56, with Renine El-Walili. Currently sitting at number two in the world, former world number one, former world champion in 2017 and world junior champion. Uh, she re- she's reached the final of uh, all three events that she's played this season, winning two of them. Uh, Raneem El-Walili is my guest today. Raneem, thank you uh, so much and great to have you on the podcast. Hi, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you for the nice introduction. And uh, this is my first time being on a podcast, so hopefully it won't be a disaster. <laughs> I'm sure it won't. I'm sure it won't. <laughs> And uh, once, uh, okay. <laughs> the other, once the other big name podcast here that uh, this is the first time you've been on a podcast, you're going to get uh, hit up by several others uh, to come on podcasts. Yes, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, just before uh, we started the podcast, you mentioned uh, you had to battle uh, Cairo traffic. Now, I've lived in Korea, Seoul. I've li- I live here in Dubai. Oh, really? Uh, Traffic in uh, Seoul is uh, madness, but uh, I've yes. and I've heard on, I've heard the worst traffic in the world uh, could be uh, in Cairo. So, uh, what what's it like uh, traveling back home in Cairo traffic? It's uh, it's crazy. The streets out here are crazy. Cairo is, I think, the worst. Uh, it it comes very close to China and India, maybe I would say. Mm. I was, we were just in San Fran and actually the traffic there was very bad, but it was very bad in like two or three hours of the day. But in Cairo, it's busy all the time. So that's, I would say that's the only difference. What about the, the quality of, of driving? Is it? Uh, oh, it's uh, chaotic, very <laughs> random. You always have to expect the unexpected, but yeah. uh if, if you're in a good mood, mood, it can be very fun. But if you're in a bad mood, it's it's not very good. It's I not bet. very ideal. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose if you were to, you know, when you travel and maybe you drive in other countries, that sort of prepares you well for for uh, driving in other countries where it might not be I, as chaotic. I honestly have only driven in the U.S. once or twice. 
Uh, I, I don't have a formal international license, which is why I don't drive abroad. But uh, but I I think the rules because in Egypt you don't have any rules. Basically, the rule is there is no rule. Yeah. So with all the rules and the the thing that would be very normal for anyone around the world, it just won't be normal to us. <laughs> so right. it's it's a bit pressuring. So I don't. I'm not sure if I want to actually drive abroad or not. No, it's a good idea actually. Now, now that I think of it, I mean, I've been away from yeah. Canada for so long and lived in countries like like here in UAE and and also in Seoul in, in Korea where. Uh, like you said, the rules, they tend, people can bend the rules a little bit. Uh, yes. But yes. Uh, in Canada, they're, they're so uh, rigid. Organized. They're drive, very organized. Uh, too rigid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Renim, on to, uh, on to squash-related stuff. Uh, uh, you've had a few weeks off uh, since you, I guess, since you returned from the U.S., uh, the U.S. Open. Your next big event is uh, Hong Kong in a few weeks. Uh, yeah. without question, you, you've been on the court and doing lots of work. Uh, we, we might not know about that. So what, what have you been doing uh, in terms of your squash and your preparation since you uh, well, uh, turned home? The beginning of the season has been very busy for the, for the women's game, at least. Uh, it's not usually we, – we don't usually get that many tournaments at the beginning of the season. So when we had the China and then we had the teams – uh, I had an exhibitional tournament before these two events in Seattle at Bellevue, okay. uh, which was great and a lot of fun. Uh, and then we were home for just a little bit under a week and then uh, off to San Fran and the U.S. Open in Philly. So I've been very busy. So once the U.S. Open was over, I took a week off of doing absolutely nothing. Uh, and, and then I started again with the grind. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been... Uh, I've been working for the past two weeks now. So I took one week off, two weeks, and then I have two more weeks to go. So, uh, yeah, I've been working with my coaches and uh, my, my squash coach, Haysam Ayfet, and my fitness coach, Ahmed Faragallah, on, uh, on several things, uh, trying to uh, improve myself and my game always. Yeah. Um, now, I know in, in England or if you were in Europe, you'd have access or you might play in, in leagues there. Uh, what uh, do, you, do you still get uh, your match play in when you're in Cairo? I'm assuming that you do and, and you get lots of, uh, I mean, the quality of squash in Egypt, as we know, is the best in the world. So you must get uh, plenty of uh, great match play as well. Yeah, that's true. Well, the... The, the league in Egypt is not, is not like the PSL. PSL, you pretty much have matches all the time. In Egypt, you have matches, uh, like you have three days of matches once every three or four months. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not that often that you play league matches. Uh, but, uh, but for practice matches, we get a lot of practice matches. Uh, I usually play with, uh, with boys who are under 17 and under 19. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, where my coach is, he's at the stadium, so I I play with the with the boys that uh, that train with him as well. Uh, but also I play for Wadi Digla. I don't know if you know that. The, that's my club, and uh, we have a lot of juniors over there too. So I I tend to practice with them as well. Oh, that's great. And that, um, how do you, how do you um, does it get with the boys? I guess they're still younger. They're seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old. But I would assume the nineteen year old guys are they're grow they've grown. Does it get uh, physical at all in there with with the guys? Like a little bumping, little 
um, not usually the most of the guys or the boys I would say are very nice on court they uh, they're a bit shy at that age some yeah, yeah. of them are some of them are like natural players and they don't they don't care so they just they just play as they would play any other boy but uh, but most of them are pretty nice and decent so they wouldn't really push or hit or any of that although I did get hit with the racket just yesterday in Ooh. two of my fingers Oh no! So I'm not okay. sure. I'm not sure if that counts as as uh, something that happened on purpose or not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't mean it. I'm just I'm just teasing. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean the women's game nowadays too. I mean you never depending on who you play. It, it, I mean the quality of every player is different. Every player is unique. Uh, some are physical and some are, are more uh, tactical and, and things like that. Uh, so I guess it can get yeah. uh, quite physical sometimes on, on the on the court when you when you play your your tour matches with with the women that's true yeah well the the women's games uh, have gone up uh, levels and levels uh, each year so uh, so it's very exciting at the moment i think uh, everyone is is at their best always prepared always hungry for more uh, everyone's very focused on you know on every aspect of the game not just being on court but being on court uh, recovering Eating well, sleeping well—you know, everything is 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 measured, and everyone's doing their best at every aspect of the game. So uh, I think it's it's very competitive, and everyone is unique, like you just said. Uh, so yeah, you you just try to keep up and try to to be at your best every day. Yeah, definitely. And um, now you are, obviously you must be happy with the the start to your season. Like I mentioned in my opening, you've won. Uh, You've won two of the three tournaments that you've played in the U.S. Open and the China Open. Um, definitely, obviously, the the summer's uh, training um, must have paid off for you. Did you uh, do what you would normally do every summer, or did you have a sort of a, a tough look at your season last year, which was very good in and of itself? Uh, and did you say, okay, the, I've got to make some changes if I want to get back uh, that number one uh, ranking again? Well, I I usually tend to uh, to do the same, not the same things every day, but you know, like when you have three months of just training, it's 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 very easy to do everything that you want to do. But mm-hmm. then again, every summer when 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 the summer has passed, you're like, whoa, I wanted to do that and I didn't. I wanted to do that and I didn't. Uh, I feel like this summer I've had the time to actually. Uh, work on on every department not just the things that i would usually do but i had the time to actually do things of course that i've always wanted to do like like even even if it's just time off uh we're going to the beach or spending like quality time with friends and family uh that that usually uh, helps me you know like uh, to to take off all the concentration of the squash and then do something completely different and then when i come back on court i'll be motivated to do my hundred percent or even more, you know. So uh, I believe that the mixture that I did this summer has helped me a lot mentally, at least. Uh, uh, every summer, uh, when when the tournament starts, I'm like, uh, finally the tournaments are here. This summer, I actually wanted I wanted more of summertime. I wanted more of uh, time and quality time with the family and friends. So when yeah, the tournament's a busy started, season, isn't it? I mean, when you you guys had a long uh, a long season and it ended in uh, Dubai uh, last year, uh, I yes. was there. Um, 
I was in. The, oh, you were. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I may have said hi to you or something, but uh, I was you in the me- uh, in the media room and, and things. But uh, okay, we'll see you next time. Uh, speak to you next. I'll definitely see time. you yeah. next time. Hopefully, but, if I'm uh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, uh, and uh, it's a little hot to play golf, but. Uh, oh, it is. It is. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, so um, now your your coach is uh, Haitham Ifat, is that right? Haitham Ifat, yes. Haitham Ifat, right. Now, yes. uh, he's an Egypt, obviously uh, coached several players in Egypt over the years and yes. maybe others uh I'm, I'm not sure but uh he obviously done very well with the players that he's with uh for those of us uh i, I really don't know much about him who is uh Hytham and uh, how has he uh impacted uh your game over the years well uh I, Hytham is is only uh 30 years old actually to be honest so he's okay. he's only one year older than i am um very smart. Uh, he he used to he used to play squash the same generation as uh, Tarek Momen, Omar Mossad, uh, Muhammad Ali Rida, uh, even Rami Ashur, and many right. many other players that you may not know from Egypt at that same generation. So he was, I think, top five or top eight at his age, uh, and then uh, he quit squash to go to university. He studied engineering, computer science. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he was done with that, he started working a little bit at uh, an office, uh, and then he would do part-time squash coaching at uh, at the club that I used to play for. Um, so back in 2010, summer of 2010, I uh, I joined him on court, and uh, he he had spoken to me several times before that. Uh, telling me about things that I needed to improve and things that I needed to change about my game. Uh, at the time, so that's like eight years ago, eight years ago, maybe nine, uh, I, was, I wasn't I was very open to, to the idea of, I wasn't very flexible, to be honest. So I wouldn't very easily accept someone coming up to me telling me you're bad at this and this and this and this. It just sounded a little bit frustrating to me, so I kept uh, I, I kept pushing him away several yeah. times, and then and then when I when I was just with them on court for the first time, he told like the way he worked with things with me on things was just he he's very talented with what he does obviously, and uh, I I could tell that he's going to 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 improve my game a lot and improve like even my stroke and my my racket skills. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's been eight years now. Uh, I've improved a lot. Obviously he went, when he's, when he started coaching me, he wasn't, he hadn't, didn't have that much experience yet. He is now very experienced. Like we've been through so much together mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. he's obviously, he, he's obviously done a lot of improvement on my game, if not most of it. Uh, yeah, and and I and I owe him so much. I uh, I I believe uh, I believe that most of my my squash at the moment is are are things that I've worked with him. So so yeah, I would like to thank him for that while we're at it. Uh, I'd like to thank him too. I mean, we all love watching you you play. In fact, uh, I mean, my favorite player, uh, a couple of favorite players, but one guy before all of my league. 
<laughs> you're you're welcome. Uh, well, one guy that I I really enjoy watching. Uh, I'd, I'd always watch his matches before my league matches is uh, Amir uh, Amir Shabana. Obviously, you oh yeah, of course. Know him. Of course. Uh, but when yeah. I when I watch you play, I see a lot of him in the way you play. Just the way your your smoothness around the court, the the way you play your rallies and. Uh, uh, I, that, that's uh, I've said that several times. That uh, you're. I'm, I'm honored to hear that. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> yeah. So he's obviously. I'm not sure if you uh, if he's had that impact on your game or not. But you you've always had that that racket ability uh, and skill. Now, looking back to uh, let's look back a little bit, if you don't mind, to to uh, back a few years to 2015. That was a huge uh, a, a historic year. Uh, for you in terms of uh, not only for women's squash, uh, Egyptian squash, but also uh, women's uh, sport in, in Egypt. You you won, yeah. uh, you reached world number one uh, by uh, taking over from Nicole David, who had held on for 109 months, unbelievably. Yes. We know what a legend uh, she is, and she's still uh, playing at a very high level. Uh, what do you remember about uh, that time in terms of uh, – you know the squash element of it, and then also uh, how things may have uh, how that impacted women's squash and sport in Egypt. Uh. Yeah, well, uh, I if I remember correctly at the time, uh, uh, Nicole was she was she's always been unbeatable, right? But uh, but at the time, uh, a few of the players could get a win of her once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I I had managed to beat Nicole like three or four times by then. But it was all once every six months or once every year. So it was very tough to actually get it to your head that you have to win every time to reach the number one spot. And uh, and I think the the crucial point for me was uh, was losing that world title at at my club back in 2014 December 2014 yeah uh, yeah losing that match to her in the final was uh, was absolutely heartbreaking for me uh, but you know what I, I came out of that stronger and uh, i've i've set uh, a goal in front of me and well i i actually didn't believe that i would do it but like nine months later, I I was actually world number one, and uh, that that was something that I'd been dreaming of all my life. And uh, to to actually do it, uh, knowing that Nicole David is the one that I'm taking the spot from, is is actually it was incredible at the time. Obviously, yeah, for sure. Perhaps a little bit bittersweet too, because I know how um, how much. How much, how much the women squash uh, players respected her. So uh, at, yeah. at the same time, of course, you 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 know you give nothing back, but uh, you want you know you you respect her so much. Maybe you felt a bit uh, uh, sorry for her or something. Yeah, well, uh, it's uh, there. There were a lot of emotions involved, obviously, but uh, but yeah, it's it's. It's never easy beating someone who you've looked up to at some point. Uh, not not just at some point, but like pretty much your entire career. So uh, so Nicole was number one for, for so long. And growing up, I've watched her be number one for so long. And I've watched so many players 
get to number two and being very consistent and being number two, number two, number two, yeah. and losing to her in like 20 or 30 finals in a row. <laughs> it will, it will, yeah. I cannot yeah. imagine how that feels. Like yeah. having competed with her at that level wasn't actually for so long for me. Like I, I was number two and I was making it to the finals to play against Nicole and then I was back. So I wasn't making it to finals anymore. And then I was at number two competing with her again, but not as long as like Jenny Dunkles maybe, or uh, I, I don't want to say names and then miss someone. But the, but the person I remember so well is Jenny Dunkles. Yeah. And uh, it's, I, I can only imagine how disappointing it can be losing every final to her. Uh, so yeah, she she was definitely unbeatable, and uh, and uh, yeah, I I think she's 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 the squash legend. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure, and yeah. uh, she's still competing uh, well these days. Going to be a force to uh, someone to uh, uh, reckon with uh, this season as well. She is, yeah, she's uh, she came in the season uh, fiery, I guess. She's. Uh, She's changed uh, her game a little bit, and uh, she, on court, she looks very, very hungry. And uh, I believe she is definitely one of uh, the players that uh, are to to look out for this season. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously, that was back in uh, 2015, and since then, uh, you've been at number two or or number three, looking up. Um, uh, so what do you think uh, now, I guess you're, you've got that hunger back again. What do you think uh, you need to do with your own game in order to, uh, to reclaim top spot? Obviously play like you're playing right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, uh, looking back is actually a terrible idea. You need to, to move on every time. Whether win or lose, you need to move on. You need to try and be better uh, every match. And... Uh, e- in squash, you have so many details that you have so much to focus on and so much to work on all the time. It's never just one thing. So that's 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 the beauty of squash, in, in my own opinion. Uh, I believe uh, it, it's very easy to improve, yet very hard. But still, because we have so many aspects to the game, you could always see improvement at one of the aspects at least. And that, that in itself is is a bit satisfying in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the thing that I'm that I've always worked towards is consistency, and uh, to do that, uh, I've I've worked I I've worked around that a few years now, uh, and to do that, I believe uh, you need to aim to be the best that you can be on the day, no matter how good that is or how bad that is. You just need to deal with whatever is thrown at you all the time. Yeah. Yeah, good. That's a uh, very good advice for everyone playing uh, playing the game. Play your best and and see what happens, right? Exactly. Yes. Now, speaking of uh, you know great squash, uh, there's uh, also your husband who's been playing some great squash, uh, Tarek Moman. Um, he recently won uh, the Channel Vass over Ali uh, Farag and has played well since the beginning of the season. That just happened to be his. Um, first win and I think it surprised a lot of people when we heard it his first win in four yes. years um, yes yeah so he's pl- uh, playing at a very high level and it really looks like he's put in a lot of work over the summer his pace and his intensity is uh, even higher than it normally would be so uh, 
talk about uh, uh, what it meant to you and, and obviously to Tarek for him to get that win and to, to see him playing uh, at this new level. Yeah, well, like you said, it was his first win in, in four years. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it came as a shock to a lot of people. But, uh, but yeah, to, to me, it, uh, it, it was something that, uh, that he absolutely deserved. He's, he's always worked so hard. Uh, maybe he didn't get the wins that he had wished for. But uh, I believe that in the, the past season and this season, he's his competing very well against the top players and he's actually one of he's number four now so he is actually one of the players making it to the semis and finals now more often and this is something that I'm actually very proud of um, I, uh, I I really hope that he can keep up the momentum and uh, I'm really hoping that he uh, that he doesn't let the <laughs> the bad results uh, affect him uh, and uh, hopefully he'll start getting in more consistency and more momentum. And uh, yeah, I just hope he, he he does his best. Yeah, he's a very exciting. I mean, I watched the uh, the most recent tournament. I think uh, forget who he lost to in the he, last. He lost uh, to Ali Farag in right, the semis. Right, and then yes. uh, uh, in the previous tournament, uh, he just his, his game. The it seems like he's added injected a lot even more pace into his game and also he's just so fast and and uh, attacking all the time it's really uh exciting to watch yeah well uh, he's he's always been exciting to watch for me like he's he's competed against my brother ever since i was very little oh, so i've, okay. I've well, always <laughs> watched him play yeah uh, i've always watched him play and i uh, i uh, you could always tell that he was going to be one of the the exciting players to watch uh but uh, yeah, I, I believe uh, this season uh, is he's definitely worked so hard over the summer, and uh, I'm I'm very hopeful uh, that he uh, will have a few good wins. Yeah. Um, now I just wanted to to ask you this because it was brought up, and you you probably heard it on uh, Squash TV. Uh, people might yeah. be wondering, um, like during the matches with Ali, like in the final or against the other Egyptian guys, you guys are all mostly uh, very good friends and hang out even uh, uh, after squash. Uh, during yeah. these matches, uh, like uh, in the match with Ali, for instance, uh, recently, uh, now are you watching that at home alone or? Uh, 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 are you with um, any friends? Uh, how, how do you go about watching uh, that kind of match? It, it depends on where I am at the time. Um, so, yeah, the, the other day I was watching with Haisam, our coach. Okay. Uh, he was calling him in between games. Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw that. Then, he was talking on the phone there. and uh, Yes. He said yes, yes. I think. <laughs> 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 Listening and he said yes. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, and yeah, sometimes uh, if the family uh, is around, uh, I get to watch with them. If it's on TV as well, uh, yeah, it depends on where I am and what time of the day he's playing. You know, when when there's time difference, uh, it's it's hard to uh, to always be with friends and family to watch the match. But uh, uh, I'm the family is actually very excited uh, about the fact that that I married another squash player. And uh, they are actually following his matches too. Like the other day, I walked in on my parents, each one of them in different rooms, uh, watching separate, separate and different matches for Tarek. And I was like, whoa, they, they're really wow. keen on watching squash. <laughs> more, more than I am, at least. 
<laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, now I noticed uh, I did in my research for for the interview a little bit. I noticed you you did a a TED talk. I'm not sure when it was or uh, what, uh, but um, tell us a, a little bit about your TED talk. What what was the the topic and uh, uh, were you at all nervous uh, before you uh, oh. before you did that? Oh yeah. You know how uh, Will Smith just jumped out of a plane to face his fears? Okay. <laughs> so so I did the TED, TED Talk a year and a half ago to face my fears, uh, knowing that I have stage fright and that I uh, panic when there is a crowd that I'm speaking in front of, no matter how big the crowd is, 5, 10, 100, 200, 400, it still scares me every time. Yeah. And uh, the moment I start hearing my voice, and in, in, on the mic or on the, on the thing, uh, my voice starts shivering and then, and then I kind of stop. And then when I stop, I don't know where I'm supposed to start again. I, I have my moments of uh, freaking out completely. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did that because uh, I said, hey, it's, it's a good time of the year. I don't have any tournaments. Uh, and actually the person organizing the event was one of my friends and she hooked me up with a very good uh, person at the time who would help me prepare my speech and who would work on me on how to actually say it and do it. Yeah. And, uh, well, you it, didn't it look was, nervous at all uh, to me. Uh, well, I, I'm glad I didn't. It was in Arabic though, so you didn't, yeah. <laughs> you didn't understand it, I'm sure. No. I wish it was in English for, for, for a bigger crowd to actually watch it, but uh, it, it was... Basically about sportsmanship, I, uh, they, they called it be a sport. Uh, I, I just wanted to talk about the fact that people, you know, when they look at a player, all they see is like, say today, for you to get prepared to, to know what to talk to me about, you looked me up and you saw my achievements and that's it. But then when you look back at a player who used to play, all you can see is a CV of results. You don't see... You don't get to know what kind of a person they were on court, off court. Were they nice? Were they, were they, unless of course they were like top players. But all in all, all you see is just a list of results or matches or whatever that is. Uh, so I was talking more about the aspect of the like of the human aspect of sport, like how we actually, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and next day I instead of yeah, I talked about the struggle we have within ourselves to try and be better human beings in yeah. sport and that at the end of the day uh, even though that people only see you win a match they never get to know whether you actually cheated to win the match or whether like they never know how you made it there right right and and that then that gives you like you know you know they usually say a win is a win mm -hmm. but then to me a win is not always a win sometimes you win but you one in ways that you are not happy about and then yeah. it's actually lost and it's not a win no so, i feel i feel the same way i, I played uh, yeah. the other day and uh, i kind of got a cheeky cheeky let <laughs> and i ended up okay. you know, it probably wasn't a, a let and um I, and i knew it and then after the match i just on the way home i was like jerry that's not right yeah that's it's not right see yeah yeah it's it's it just it doesn't feel right most of the time at least mm -hmm. No. And uh, yeah, so that's that was my, the main idea of the talk, at least. That's great. That's good. Well, uh, usually a YouTube or whatever they have they they have that uh, thing where you can get the the subtitles, but I I couldn't find that 
uh, this time. Oh yeah, around. I don't think it was translated. No, no. No. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, you've been great with your time, uh, Renim. I just have one more uh, thing I want to ask you about. And I, I noticed on Twitter a few months back uh, that yeah. uh, someone that you really respected and, and admired over the years had passed away, Osama uh, Salah, someone special in your squash uh, life who unfortunately yes. passed. Uh, could you just tell us a little bit about uh, Osama and, and uh, what she meant to squash and to you? Uh, oh, so this year actually we had, uh, we lost three very, very, very important people in Egyptian squash. Uh, number one, uh, in April, we lost Dr. Samiha Abulmakt, who was basically uh, the reason why women's squash exists in Egypt today. Uh, she has fought, fought so hard in the past to uh, to get the junior women team to travel, to get them a coach, to actually have them compete. She fought so hard for us. Unfortunately, she uh, she passed away last April. Uh, and then a month ago, uh, a very very dear coach to my heart, who uh, who used to coach at my my home home club where I was uh, raised. Uh, he passed away about a month ago. Mm. Uh, he actually passed away the next day uh, after the U.S. Open final. Oh no! There obviously all three of them were very, very, very important people in the squash society in Egypt, and uh, we've lost them uh, all in the same year. So uh, I'm actually heartbroken for the loss. But uh, but yeah, I'm sure they are in a better place now, and uh, I just thank them for everything that they've done for us. For me and for Egyptian squash. Yeah, that, that, those are fun, uh, great words, uh, Rainim. And I uh, just want to wish you, like I said, uh, all the best going forward. You and Tarek, uh, you're great uh, for squash, great to watch on the court, and, and very, very respectful uh, both on and off the court uh, as players. Uh, so all the best going forward. Thank you. And, uh, Thank have you a great so much. Be careful in that Cairo traffic. I wish. Thank you. <laughs> okay, take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thank you, Rainim. I really enjoyed that, and I hope you all did too. Uh, good luck to, uh, to her going into the, the Hong Kong Open. Uh, that'll be a great event for all of us to watch. Uh, that's coming up next week. Uh, currently on the tour, I think the Calcutta Open's ongoing. Uh, I just noticed that uh, Todd Harity won his uh, second-round match, so he's going into the third round uh, of that event, so congrats to him. And uh, good luck to all of you and your squash. I hope uh, it's going well for you. Uh, I played quite a bit this week and woke up uh, this morning very sore. I, was pla I played golf, and uh, you always have to uh, have an excuse uh, ready after a round of golf. And uh, I was just extremely uh, you know, stiff, not as mobile as I normally am. And I attribute that to uh, having done, uh, well, I, did about, I think I did 300 court sprints uh, yesterday. Um, and then a few uh, other, I did 200 or 300 a few days before that as well. So I d I'm not sure if I'm, uh, if that's the right thing for me or not, but uh, seemed to, to be uh, fit enough. So it might be helping along those lines, but uh, not sure it's, um, I'm, I'm not as nimble as I once was. Uh, and that tends to happen as you get older. So uh, maybe I need to reevaluate the, uh, the court sprints uh, part of my training but uh, I'm going to keep it going uh, seem to I, I'm enjoying them actually so uh, keep it going until uh, 
uh, the body really does break down. It's just a bit of stiffness, a bit of soreness. But uh, anyways, I uh, hope that's going all, uh, all going well for you too. Uh, good luck with your th- squash. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a great day. Bye-bye now.